Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning, we're going to be continuing our series as Christ the Christmas King. Sorry, I missed the last couple days. That was not my intention, but the stomach flu decided to show up in our house. And so uh, sometimes uh, that's just the way that life goes and it kind of slows you down just a little bit. Uh, But today we're going to be continuing looking at Christ the Christmas King, and we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And it says this in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Cyrenius was governor, governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was, while they were there, that in those days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day in this city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, They made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning the child, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Today we're going to be focusing in on the shepherds be focusing in on the shepherds, and we're going to see how through their occupation, they recognized Christ as king. In fact, Christ is king of their occupation. We see this here. Now, you need to understand the shepherds because there were different types of shepherds in this point of time. There were those who traveled as nomads going from place to place, and they kept their their sheep with them, and they were shepherding their sheep from place to place. And then there were also those who pastured in an area that was close to their home. They they weren't really nomads in a sense of uh, they, they were going from long distances from place to place, but they, they, they stayed relatively close to where they lived. Uh, but then there were also those who were shepherds, who, who they were hired, they were hirelings. And then there were also, of course, those like David, who were just youngest in the family and drew the, the, the shortest straw and had to go out and, you know, take care of the sheep uh, in that. But there's really those those two main kinds are those who would go and travel between long distances with the sheep, and there'd be those, of course, who would be staying near home and would be shepherding them um, close to home. But 
it doesn't really change the fact, uh, either whatever type these shepherds were, what their living conditions were like. You know, first of all, they had just probably a few possessions, especially those who were nomads. Uh, they had just a cloak um, and a rod or a club, and they would also probably have a sling or a shepherd's crook and a small bag with just a few things um, like eating utensils, I would imagine, uh, that they would go and keep in there. That's at least something that I would keep in there would be some eating utensils. But they, they wouldn't have much that they'd have, at least while they were out shepherding the sheep. They, they just wouldn't have much because you can't travel with much while you're taking care of the sheep. They also would have traveled by day. Uh, whether they were staying close to home, that's when they'd be moving the herd, or if they'd be, of course, trying to go distances, that's when they'd be trying to move those distances, would be during the day. Uh, they had to lead the sheep near still waters, because in still the waters as well, because sheep didn't like to, to drink from running waters. They had to protect the sheep from danger. And of course, if you're moving from place to place, you just never know what kind of danger that you might come across uh, for your sheep, whether it would be wolves or bears or lions or whatever it might be. Uh, they, they had to go or, you know, running off a cliff because sheep are stupid. All kinds of stuff that you'd have to go and to watch out for uh, as a shepherd. But they also had to go and to find and to lead to new pastures and, of course, to green pastures. At night, they had to guard their sheep um, from thieves and from wild animals that would come and uh, be nocturnal and prowl on their sheep at night or try to. And of course, they'd have to go and uh, put them inside of a sheepfold, find a place for them to stay. And they would count these sheep every night as they'd be going through this. But this would be kind of the the, the type of things that shepherds would be doing. It'd be the living conditions. It would be uh, the, the way that they'd be living their life. This is really their, their vocation as they're going and doing this. And of course, as the angels, um, or excuse me, as the shepherds, are out there watching their sheep by night, their flocks by night. So there they are in that time when they're they're on guard from animals and from thieves that might come uh, because the, the sheep are in danger when you can't go and see them and they're not going to be able to run away as easy. This is when the angels came. And of course, it scared the living daylights out of the shepherds. Uh, they came and of course, the angels brought good news. And ultimately, they didn't tell them exactly what they had to do. There was no uh, command here. It, it, it was rather just giving them information, giving them this good news that we see. And so the shepherds were left with a choice. Would they act upon this good news or would they not act upon this good news? Now, remember, they're on the clock. They're working right now. They're, they're, they're punched in. Their time clock is, is punched at this point in time. They are, are on business time, and they're in the point when it doesn't make sense to travel, and it especially wouldn't make sense to travel to go to Bethlehem where all, while there was this census that was going on. I mean, that, this was a time of great upheaval, a time of great amount of people gathering at one place. If, if you can think of a, a public spectacle uh, whether you've you know gone to a sporting event, I've gone to a lot of sporting events, and, and trying to to get out or to get in, uh, you know, and find a parking spot or to leave your parking spot and go home, um, or even just to walk through in a stadium, uh, that's pretty difficult. If you go to the Iowa State Fair, it's it's really crowded because everybody's congregated in one place. It's very hard and difficult to get around. I would hate to have to take a a flock of sheep 
through that. Uh, that would be quite the difficult thing. But here the shepherds had a choice. Would they act upon this good news while they were on company time? Or would they go and say, well, maybe I'll check that out, you know, after we uh, get the sheep taken care of, you know, after we go and, uh, uh, you, you know, after I, I get to clock out for, for a day and I find my day off, maybe that's when I'll go check out this good news. Well, the shepherd, of course, they went and they bowed down and they realized that Jesus, this Christ who is born, this anointed Savior who is born, that he is king of their occupation. He is king of their occupation. That he is the one who should have kingship and rulership over even their occupation. And so they, they went and they took a risk in going and visiting Jesus. They were going at night. They could lose sheep. They could be attacked by thieves. They could be, uh, you know, have all of a sudden their their flock get picked off by by wolves or by lions or bears or what, whatever it might be. That they were in danger of leaving their sheep or moving, more likely, moving their sheep that evening and going with them. Because, I mean, boy, that would be really reckless to just leave your sheep back there. And so they probably moved their sheep with them. There was a risk of going at night. There was also danger, not in just the sense of those animals and in the sense of thieves, but also in the sense of this was a, a census that was going on, as I mentioned before. This would have been just about the worst possible time uh, that you could think of to go into to to move sheep and to go and to find somebody uh, on top of that. I mean, this would have been incredibly, incredibly difficult, and this would have been quite the inconvenience. Quite the inconvenience. I mean, a shepherd's job wasn't easy during the day to move these sheep, and it certainly wouldn't have been easy to move these sheep at night. It would have been difficult. But they realized the importance of Jesus being their king and recognizing Jesus as their king, this Christmas babe. Isn't this incredible? Because they left, and they left in a hurry. They didn't just, you know, dilly-dally or, or wait for their day off. They went, and they, they, they hurried to go see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to go see Jesus. They hurried. They also told others they were excited about this. I mean, you can imagine the, the shepherds probably coming into town and not taking their sheep straight to the market. This would have been a bit of a spectacle, especially moving at night. Hey, what's going on? What's all this commotion? What is this bleeding of sheep that's going on? Well, and they're saying, oh, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. There's a baby that's born. He is the king of kings. He is the savior. Wow. This is incredible. Incredible to see. Also, they worship Jesus while they were clocked in. They worship Jesus. They were on company time. And what were they doing? They were worshiping Jesus. You see, in our lives, Jesus needs to be the king of our occupation as well. I'm sure that you can see the, the parallels very easily in going and looking at this and seeing what the shepherds did and seeing how Jesus needs to be the king of our occupation, just as he was the king of their occupation. But in our lives, there, there is a risk. You know, you could lose your job. You even could lose your, your business. You know, just think of the, the, the cake baker in Colorado. Uh, but we, because we live in a dark world, we really do. But 
being that we live in a dark world, we need to shine the light of Jesus most. And that means that we need to go into bow down to the kingship of Jesus Christ and let him be king of our lives, including our occupation. You know, I've I've realized this. There are a lot of people who, who they want Jesus to be king of their home lives. They want Jesus to be king of their personal life. They even want Jesus to be king of their weekends, their times off, and even of their family life. But sometimes they just don't want Jesus to be king of their occupation. They want to hold that back because that's where they want to be king, because they don't want to risk losing a dollar, let alone a dime. They don't want to risk going and potentially facing public scrutiny or losing their job or not getting a promotion. Maybe it's the fear of not getting something. And there is great danger in this, especially in a changing nation with a a less than stellar economy right now. It might be quite terrifying to go and to say, Jesus is the king of my occupation. And of course, there, there is some inconveniences. I mean, if Jesus is truly the king of your occupation, you're probably going to have to tell your boss, well, I'm not going to work on Sunday. That's the day I go and I worship my king. And I can't let him be the king of my occupation if I say that you get to choose my calendar. You know, I might have to go and pray at lunch. And if I pray at lunch, some people might kind of look around and think, this is kind of weird. Oh man, there's a religious nutcase. All things I probably had said about me. (laughs) But if Jesus is truly the king of your occupation, you're going to take those inconveniences. You're also going to be inconvenienced by telling others about Christ, just as the shepherds did. They were excited. They were on the clock. They were telling other people about Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes that's difficult because people get upset with you when you tell them about Jesus, especially when you're at work, but we're called to tell people about Jesus even when we're on company time. You know, I, it, I think of a couple different stories here of being able to share Jesus with people uh, while on company time. I remember it wasn't my first job. It was my second job that I had. I, I was uh, working, uh, washing dishes in a steakhouse, and there was somebody else who was washing dishes in a steakhouse, and uh, a, a gal about my age, and we both went and got our, our supper break at the same time. And so as we we're talking, she goes and she says, you know, uh, that she just started taking a, a religion class. And she says, you know, you, you seem to maybe know some stuff about religion, uh, you know, and she started to ask me what I thought about different religions. She asked me about uh, Judaism. She asked me about Islam. She asked me about Buddhism. She asked me about Hinduism. And, and as we're going through that, and then she said, but, but, you know, you're a Christian, right? Yeah. And so she asked me about Christianity. I thought, man, this is a great opportunity. And so she said, why do you pick Christianity? I mean, she just, you know, put this right on the, you know, just a fastball right down the middle here. Why do you have, why do you believe in Christianity above the other religions? And so I was able to go through and explain why Christ is better than all of those other fake religions, why he's better than Islam, why he's better than Allah, why he's better than Buddha, why he's better than Hinduism and there are thousands of gods. That's why you shouldn't vote for Vivek Ramaswamy, by the way. 
And in going through all of this, was able to go and to then share the gospel with Jesus Christ. By the end of it, she looks at me and she says, so, so you're telling me all I have to do is, and she goes through, I'd gone through John, or excuse me, Romans 10, verse 9, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, say that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the only one that can save you and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. That true belief causes a change in life, a repentance, a turning away from sin. And I went and I explained that. She says, so, so this is all I need to do. And I said, yes. And I was getting excited. I thought she was going to accept Jesus Christ as her Savior that day. But she went and she said, that's just too simple. That's just too simple. And while it ends sad with her saying that that's just too simple, it was a time of being able to share Jesus Christ with her. In fact, that was about the last time she she quit shortly after that, the job. But it was uh, a time to go and to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a coworker while on the clock. And you need to go and to take those kind of opportunities. God goes and brings those opportunities to you all the time, and you need to let him be Lord of your occupation, king of your occupation. But why? Why should Christ be king of your occupation? Well, simply put, because he is worthy. He was worthy then for the shepherds and to be king of their occupation, and he is worthy now to be king of your occupation. And we need to surrender all of our kingdom for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And we need to do so willingly because someday we all will take a knee. We all will confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we'll do it to the glory of God our Father. So you might as well do it now because you're going to be doing it someday. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.